my cup. Think of me, I bet I must have seen Kalein and Farbein top. Get me pains of lint, Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold, and this week and next week, we have the amazing, incredible, talented, lovely, half Jewish. I mean, I don't think half and whole. Jewish, you know, one of her parents is a Jew. She's a Jew. You got a Jew in you. Anyway, so uh, Miriam Shore, who is starring in this feature film, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a huge film. You might know her from Younger. You might know her from The Americans. Uh, I think that was on FX. And if you're my age, you know her as Yitzchak in Hedvig and the Angry Inch. And she's talented, lovely, and I had the best time talking to her. And you're going to love it so much. Okay? So I'm just telling you that now. So that's that's uh, what's coming up. want you to know that I am recording this a week before the show airs because I am going, I'm in Israel when this uh, lands on your, um, on your, what would you call it? Your podcast area? I don't know. Uh, So I'm in Israel and I'm thinking of all of you and I'm going to have so much to say when I get back. Uh, I am fighting for LGBTQ rights in Israel with a wider bridge, which is a great organization. Check them out. Also, when I get back from Israel, uh, which will be June 8th, that Saturday, I will be hosting Montclair Pride, Montclair, a lot of Jews, in New Jersey. It's going to be fun. I did it last year. It is a great, great day. It's a great celebration. It's phenomenal. So if you're near in or Close to Montclair, New Jersey, get there. It's a day of joy. Joy. And then on June 22nd, I will be at the Gordon Center for the Performing Arts, which is in Maryland at Owings Mills. And I'm taking the train to Baltimore, and then I'm Ubering, and then I'm sleeping over, and then I'm getting up and Ubering back to the train station. So it's going to be a really great show. It is, because it's me, and I'm funny. So uh, that's what I have for you. But right now, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy part one of my interview with Miriam Shore. Okay, so welcome to Kill Me Now. I have a guest this week and next week because, you know, I talk too much. I'm very excited because she's a big star. She's a big star. She's a movie star. She's a TV star. She's a theater star. She's saying no, which makes you like her even more that she doesn't think she's a huge star. I just, you know, I get fucking great guests on my podcast. So everyone go fuck themselves because you know what? Today we have, I don't even know. There's so many credits that I could introduce Miriam with. First of all, I love the name Miriam. It is so biblical. I'm telling you, Miriam Ruth, and my mother's name was Ruth. Oh my God. And you know what? It, it uh, Shavuos, which we just happened, uh, is the story of Ruth. Okay. So, um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know her from Younger, where she played a big See You Next Tuesday, which I can't wait to talk to her about because I love playing See You Next Tuesdays. You know, I know her from Hedvig. 
and The Angry Inch. She was in the theater production and the film. Then she did a thousand. She's been on a thousand million, five hundred billion TV shows. And now she's in the new uh, Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, which the whole story about that is crazy. Uh, But what were you going to say? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Miriam Shore, I could do half a bell, but let's just give her the whole thing because her name's Miriam Ruth Shore. Her father's a Jew. It's on Patriot. The the name makes up for the half. I'm half. I'm Jewish is what I I tell my children. Oh, George Santos is here, ladies and gentlemen. George Santos. Yeah. We're Jewish because we celebrate, like we know what Passover is and I enjoy eating filter fish. It's about the matzah, Miriam. We like a matzah. I've had matzah break. You know what that is? What? You're asking me if I know what matzah break is? I'm saying, I'm saying if oh, you- Oh, for the other people. Oh, please. If they listen to this shit, they know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, it's so interesting, right? Like Judaism is so kind of malleable and 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 personal in so many ways. It's hard to explain to people who don't understand when they're like, well- Wait, so you, you're not practicing, but you're Jewish. How does that work? And then I just go, well, you're not Jewish. <laughs> right. You're not Jewish. And, you know, it's in our DNA, you idiots. It's not like, you know, if you're Mormon or Catholic or it doesn't come up in your your DNA profile. Yeah. So we are a race of people. Here's what I'll say that my dad said to me. My dad is a rabble rouser, always has been. I love it about him. I was raised that way. I was raised, you know, I went to like Workman's Circle when I was a kid. Like we're, you know, we were like. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. uh, I'm proud of it. But like Workers Unite, singing the the Internationale from birth, all that kind of stuff. And I remember saying to him, he was like, well, I was at Shul last week. And I was like, Shul, huh? Dad, aren't you? Aren't you an atheist? Are you an atheist? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. So is the rabbi. Yeah. Rabbis are, yeah. There's rabbis who don't believe in God. Yeah. We're, we are a secular humanist Jewish group that helps our society better itself. And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah. That's the whole tenet of Judaism is called tikkun olam is, is healing the world. You know, look, you can be a practicing Jew who, you know, is very OCD about everything. God bless you. You have to do all the traditions, like fine, have, have a nice day. And then you can be the secular commie, whatever, you know, like someone who is really into making the world a better place and equal and equality. Like one of the tenets of Judaism, by the way, is you have to feed the animals. Like if you if there is a sick animal, you have to help that animal and feed the animal. It's all about helping the world. But everyone fucking hates us, so you know we can just go on and on. Wait, what were you going to say in the beginning before we started recording? It's fucking. Oh, you wait till you're my age, Miriam. You wait. <laughs> you just wait. Well, I'm all in still my twenties, so no, I really like. Oh right. <laughs> But it was accelerated by by the pandemic. Everything was accelerated by the pandemic. The demise yeah, that's true. was accelerated by the pandemic. But I felt like I was like tenuously like, I really can't remember things. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, I can't remember anything. Do you feel like, do you feel like um, 
Like sometimes you're like, oh my God, I just saw you like six months ago. And they're like, no, it was three years ago. Like you don't, I have no sense of time because though that whole pandemic was like pause. Yeah. It was like Rumpelstiltskin. Here's where the sci-fi nerd in me enjoys uh, enjoys it because you can be like, have you ever wanted to time travel? You did. Like we all just right. did. Oh, right. That's good. That's good. So speaking of Marvel, which like I'm in this Marvel movie, like and there's this thing called the blip, which is like half the world disappears and then come back like, years later. And I was like, yeah, kind of a blip. We all experienced like it as a planet. So again, that's so blippy sci-fi like when do we experience something you talk about world wars or whatever when do we experience something as an entire planet right we all did and everyone reacted differently i was gonna say no no we didn't react well and and it made us even more divided i I can't um wait miriam i'm fascinated about many things about you but so your jew father Oh, you're born in Minneapolis. Your father's a Jew. Yeah. Mother's Catholic, but they were like, no, 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 no. We don't, we're not interested in, in you being with this crazy rabble rouser. This is during, you know, Vietnam War and protests. and Right, so, right, right. You know, and then my parents were like deep into that. And so they were like, we reject that. And my mom was like, great, raising them Jewish. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I was like, okay. Now, my, my kids, uh, my ex and I separated, we weren't married because we were lezzies, but, uh, when Henry was seven and a half and Ben was two and a half. So Ben doesn't remember us together and he's very healthy, but Henry, of course, uh, you know, Ben is Ben whose fucking luggage is all over the place is now is studying psychology. And he calls me up from one of his classes. He's like, you know what, mommy, the, uh, seven to 11 is the worst time for a child to, to, uh, experience divorce. And I was like, okay, thank you. And you, you were seven when your parents divorced. Yeah. Um, worst I, time. It, I'll tell you what, like, you don't know. Do you it, remember? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember my parents, you know, my parents are amazing, loving people and their, their focus was not on being at each other's throat. Their focus was making sure we were okay. And we are a family. And I that's not easy. It's not easy to do when you're happily married, let alone when you're going through struggle. So uh, I remember sitting us down and saying, your father and I, you know, your mother and I, father and I, we're going to get a divorce. And we just, I just remember crying and crying for hours. And my mother, my father holding me. And then looking at my dad after hours of crying, just being like, what does divorce mean though? Just clarify it for me. And he started laughing because it was like, we just got this train. You've been crying for hours. You don't know what I'm talking right. about. But you knew it was bad. You knew it was negative, right? It's hard to see your parents cry. I mean, my kids don't care because I don't like shoe commercials. I'm just like, oh, God. Right. I do, too, because they never have my size. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Um, but so it was, uh, it was an interesting time. It was also that was a generation where a lot of parents were getting divorced. So... A lot of conditions were changing for women, for relationships, for children, for parents. And it was, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of upheaval about identity, uh, which continues today, which I think. Yeah. Oh, please. Identity. Are you fucking kidding me?
Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50, to get... 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. But then you, your mom moves to Italy. Right. So we lived in Italy when I was a kid, when I was a baby. We moved to Italy because my dad was a professor and they asked him to come to Venice and be uh, on a Fulbright. So we all went there when I was like one. Okay, can I give you the finger on this podcast? I mean, you lived in, what, how old were you when you moved to Venice? We moved to Venice when I was like one. And uh, my very first memories are living in Venice, right? Like my first formative memories are living in right. Venice. And it was, a, it was trippy, right? Like it's, it was, we were expats, but it, we were- Yeah, it's like me growing up, at, you know, living in Elizabeth, New Jersey. It's the same exact thing, Venice. So, but, and, and did you only speak Italian at that time in the house or did you speak both English and Italian? Italian and English and Venetian, which is its own dialect, um, which I don't speak anymore. And you speak all of them today. Wish I spoke Venetian. No, I still speak Italian I, and, and I barely speak. Anything. I know, I, I read. You can tell because you've been talking to me. I think you're doing great. Thank you. Um, but um, I was an English major in college, so um, I know I know everything about you. Um, wait, so so you were not everything, but <laughs> so we were there, and then we were there for a couple of years, and then my dad got a full right 
or a tenure track position at Wayne State University, Detroit. And we moved to Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what did he teach? Um, Humanities, American studies. uh, You know, he was, like I said, a rabble rouser. And I think that that was interesting and continues to be history. You know, people want to know about that particular era, the civil rights movement, the worker. And the truth. Which is what we have no, we have a very weird relationship with now in this country. Well, history, I feel like we're just ready to jettison our history at all times. We're like, ew, I don't like that. I don't know how that sounds. Let's, um, let's change it. You're like, Ooh. yeah, it's, it's exactly right. <laughs> like, let's not even, it's so, let's just not talk about that. How's that? That sounds bad. You're like, yeah, you know why? Cause it was fucking bad. Let's talk about it. Like, yeah. you don't like, let's have a conversation. I, and that, that seems to be a problem for so many people now. Um, but yeah, so we came and then we lived in Detroit and that was amazing and interesting and its own thing. Detroit's really singular, I think. Oh, I love Detroit. I was just there. Yeah, I did. A, uh, I was in Detroit. Well, I was in the Bloomfield area. Uh, and I did a sisterhood at a dot's, uh, some agudath, I don't know what the hell it was. Uh, at a synagogue, I did a sisterhood, but they were great. There's so many like mega synagogues there, like huge yeah. synagogues. We were in uh, we were in Detroit proper, which is you know a different thing than than out in the suburbs. Oh, yeah. uh, which we which eventually I did end up living in the suburbs and and grew to um, really not like suburbs. Right. I, I hear you. Same. Seven. My parents get divorced. My mom's like, I'm out of here. Italy was amazing. And they had this weird joint custody where my sister and I, my older sister, and I went back and forth and would spend a year with my mom in Italy and a year with my dad in Detroit. No way. Yeah. And until I graduated from high school. So that was, that was a Okay. Sweet. Wait a minute. That is fascinating. So, and this is pre FaceTime and all that shit. Oh yeah. Were you totally emerged for that year? In, 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 well, no, because my mom was teaching at an American school. So I would go to an American school, but I, but you know, it, it wasn't but like. But you were a, living in Italy. You had your friends, you had your, th- and did you see your father at all for that year? We would then for the, whatever the winter break was, we would go with whatever parent we weren't with. So it, we, you know, they wouldn't have to go too, too long without seeing us. But as a parent now, um, I can see the benefits of like that much time away from your kid, but there isn't sort of a way I could do that. I'm not judging my parents for it because I think that they were trying to. I am. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But they were trying to, you know, figure out a way to, to make it work. Um, and, and be as the least disruptive as possible. And I don't think that's an easy, I mean, I feel really strongly for all parents going through separations like that. Uh, because more often than not, they love their kids and they want to do what's best for their kids. And they're just trying to make their way through the world and be happy people. And if you're a happy person, you're a better parent. So, you know, I, like I get it. Not. Yeah. But when when you went, like you're you're in Italy for a year and you have your whole life there and then you're like, all right, see ya. And yeah. you go t- back to the United States. I mean, I know when my kids would stay at my ex's apartment for the week and then come for to me for a week, that there was a, there was a, you know, a day of like readjustment. I can't imagine 
you're you're for a year you 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 did you maintain the relationships that you had when you went back and forth i did for the most part and you know what i think you know all the hard things in your life kind of teach you things that you and you become an expert at certain things because of the difficult right. things in your life and some of the things i i wouldn't necessarily call myself an expert but yet i just did um i but i would say that you know I can uh, adapt well and I can forge relationships over time and space well and I can s- understand that the world is much bigger than my particular right. plot of land in that moment and I can believe myself to be a traveler of the world and all these things have really served me in the life I chose as like a cuckoo actor so um, and just as a person too. So. So I, I really benefited in a lot of ways from it. And I'm sure uh, if I hung out with Ben, he would be like, no, mom, she's textbook insane from all these things I'm learning in my psych class. <laughs> right, right, right. But I'm sure there's like fear intimacy, you know, and there's all the things right. that happen. But um, but um, it, I love how you said how it served you well uh, and and helped you to maintain these relationships. But when you were, I mean, look, it was a different time then when you were, when you were in Detroit and all your friends, I mean, are yeah. in Italy, did you, could you keep in contact with them throughout the year or was it like you got back to either Detroit or Italy and you're like, okay, wait, 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 fill me in. Yeah. Uh, who's friends with who, what happened here? Who are we talking to? Like, how did that it must have been so weird. Yeah, I definitely was, you know, we would write letters or talk on the phone. And I, I have a few good friends who are still some of my closest friends in the world from that time in my life. Uh, so I'm really lucky that I had that. I also had an older sister who is a, an amazing human who is, all, is always in my life. So that is invaluable. You know, that's not that that goes the longest way, I think, towards making me. Do okay. you think it was harder on her? Absolutely. She was older. That's not a question. Like, I just think yeah. if you're the older yeah. child. You, whether or not you choose it, you get the responsibility. Yeah. And when you're the younger child, yeah. I mean, you know, I know that there's probably relationships where that's not true, but it, it for the most part, that's just how it kind of goes. It's so oh, un- definitely with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so unfair to that older kid. They're not asking for it. They're a kid, you know? Right. And so, you know, we both have our separate issues from the, the, the how this went, you know? But luckily we had each other and, um, and she's amazing. So and I'm clearly also amazing. So, you know, we had each other and that was obviously, um, but it, it was, it was unique. And I, I know that it was difficult. I know it, I'm sure it created all kinds of like, and I'm a totally fucked up person because of it. But at the same time, I think, I think I gained so much from but it. But you're not. I'm okay. <laughs> Talk to my therapist. Right. But it's just like. Look at the life you, ha- I mean, it also, do you have any of the letters? Uh, did you save any of the letters or correspondence yeah, from that time period? Postcards and a couple letters that I wrote with, uh, my two friends from, uh, I really am still friends with like my closest, closest friend. We were just texting last night. My two friends from high, uh, junior high and Aww. high school whole weeks. We, we, we hold on to those ties, which, you know, they mean a lot to me. And I, I want, you know, I wonder if it's like, because I really of understand course. that lifeline to still be there. So I valued it and right. I cultivated it. I also was, I'm 
I'm a pretty gregarious person now. I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. pretty shy and observant. I sort of waited and if you can believe it, but I, but I waited and just sort of like assessed the situation and then just kind of like figured out where I needed to be in it. And that's a useful skill. Um, I'm a little like now I'm just, I'll throw myself into it, you know, but, uh, right. but I, I wasn't quite like that then. Cause that can be perilous in junior high. You know, I love my liquid IV that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know, I've been bragging about Ben, my son, Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the uh, lemon ginger is beyond beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends or for going wild, have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome. Your kids are 10 and 13. Ruby is 13 and Iris is 10. Yeah. When they were your age, when your parents got divorced, like I, I now look at my kids, uh, like Henry, my older son is going to be 27. That's, that's how old I was when my father died. And I look at him and I go, wow, that is really young. Like when I was 27, I was like, okay. But when you look at them now and you, you remember what, how you were at that age, are you surprised or like, it must feel so weird, like knowing how resilient you were going back and forth like this. Yeah, I mean, think about being a seven-year-old on multiple, because of course my parents had no money. So to fly us back on these 
the airlines that just don't exist anymore because who knows, you know, what was called Sabina? Anyone remember it? No, it was out of Brussels. Sabina? We had to like fly multiple cross-country flight. We go to Iceland and then to Brussels and like, you know, upset. Oh my God. Well, you know, I mean, with my sister, but nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. So like we, my sister and I talk a lot about like that unaccompanied minor. Those of us who have traveled as unaccompanied minors, it feels like a club. Like we know, and what that even used to mean before, it's a, it's, uh, there is a resilience. That said- yeah, I know I do it. You know, do you think your kids could do it? Yeah, I mean, they're asking to do it. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, their air travel is different now. We have a different sense. No way. Of it. You know, it was like it's just getting like in a bigger Chevy back in the seventies. Yeah, right. Now it's like you're taking your life in your hands. You know, in a yeah, and right. You're confronted with that every time you walk through the airport. Right. You're not allowed to forget that. So, oh please, yeah. A stress goal. Did you graduate high school in Michigan or in uh, Italy? And yeah, and to try I graduated in high school because I knew I was going to go to college in the states, and so I wanted that. Like, right? You went to University of Michigan because you're a genius. And um, I mean, you said it, but it's such a good school. I loved it. It, it really worked for me. Yeah, Ann Arbor is a fantastic city. I grew. I was a theater student, also an English major, because I wanted two, both those degrees. Because that really. Cause you're fucking um, smart. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I love, I, it worked for me. It was a big school that had some aspects of a smaller school within it. Right. You know, sort of had all of it, it was liberal. It's a beautiful and, campus. Yeah. Like, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to go to somewhere like Ivy league, but I don't afford that. Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, it's basically Ivy league, Michigan. Come on. It's right up there. It's just as good as the Ivy leagues. The Ivy Leagues were something. We have this sense, we, we're told stories about like what you're supposed to aspire to without really taking into consideration who you are. I think that's what young people, hopefully they're better at assessing who they are than we were. I don't, it doesn't seem I like- I think they have way more choices. Yeah, it's it's scary. You know? Ch- yeah. Yeah, it's getting a little bit too many choices, but anyway, it's fine. Um, so you, you move to New York and you pursue the acting, you get into Hedvig um, playing Yitzchak. That's my first audition. I was very first audition my agent ever sent me on was this workshop to play Yitzchak. I have the little slip of paper. Why I kept it, I have no idea. I kept the little slip of paper that I wrote the audition on. Isn't that weird? I, and it says... I love that. Um, uh to, to what man to be played by a woman, former drag queen whose name was Crystal Knocked. It's just so fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, the last US of the Balkans. And she, you know, and, and I wrote Hedgewick and the Angry Itch. Oh, that's hilarious. You gotta frame that. I know, right? Yeah, frame frame it. I mean, and I try to say I'm not really a hoarder, but it's like, you know, everyone's Keep the memory, throw at the thing. This is me. This is exactly me with, you know, going through, like, wanting to kill myself because I have piles of papers and stuff. And then, okay, I'm going to clean it out. And then this is it. This is exactly what happens. Just keep it. Yeah, I'm going to keep And it's just, it's so stupid. 
it's not, you know, I'll tell you, I don't know how, you know, I, I'm going to do my podcast where I ask you all about how you were raised. I don't have one, but I, I'm going to get one so that I can ask you those questions. Um, okay, fine. I, given my upbringing, you can see why I might be like, I need to own things because I kept right. moving around. Right. Hang on to something. Yeah. yeah. So I am a hoarder. My husband's like, who spent his whole life in, you know, growing up in New Jersey. Woo! Um, I know where in New Jersey, I looked, tried to find out where in New Jersey and, and I couldn't find it out anywhere. Morristown. Have you ever seen, not Morristown, Morristown, which is. Morristown. Yeah. I grew up in New Jersey. Beautiful. I go there. I know like, where Morristown oh, is. Um, but you know, he, he so he's like, if it doesn't spark joy or whatever the saying is, then chuck I it. I know. I hate people like that. I can't chuck it. And then my a piece of my heart goes away. Like I'm saying goodbye to something. Yeah, I know. It's a psycho thing. I'm sentimental, but I really would be buried beneath my sentiments. <laughs> I found this note. This this is something I this little notebook that I found. There's nothing in it except one of my kids wrote page number and title. And I'm like, oh, oh look at that. Okay. So, oh, my friend David. And he wrote it and he was. It is him. You're like, it's not him. He's a person who's over there. That's like some ink on a paper. You're like, no, no. Right, right. I mean, I get it. I get it. And meaning things to me. I'm sentimental. Like, it has a meaning. Each thing, it's a talisman. I know. I, I'm so sentimental. But that is, I looked it up. It's part of, it's like OCD. It's part of like OCD and whatever. I'm, I have. I don't have OCD or I like to say I don't have OCD and, and my husband is so organized. Right, right, right. But, but I'm like, but yeah. I want, there's a, the flip side of OCD and that's what I found. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Miriam Shore. Uh, how great was that? And I know you can't wait for part two, which is coming up next week. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, Kill Me Now, I forgot to do this on my last episode, so I'm I'm saying it twice. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling, and everything in my life is um, arranged and... Uh, what, what, what's the good word? Uh, 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 happening? I don't even know. Because of Brittany Joe Sowards, Richmond, my trusty assistant. So, um... You know, thank you very much uh, for listening. Thank you all for your lovely thoughts. Please subscribe and leave a review. Please subscribe and leave a review because if I could sell this to like another platform, even though, you know, whatever, something where I can monetize it, that would be great. But that's only going to happen with a lot of subscribers and really good reviews. So um, please do that for me, just for me. I don't ask for a lot. I really don't just peace and equality and i'm very calm so uh yeah that's it just come see me please montclair pride june 10th and then on june 22nd i'm in owings mills maryland at the wonderful beautiful gordon uh, gordon center for the performing arts and then i start my residency in provincetown at the post office cabaret and uh, well, it's the post office cafe and cabaret because it's cafe and it's cabaret. Uh, that begins June 25th through the whole summer with a little break to go to Montreal for the comedy festival. And the name of my show is Everything Hurts Everywhere All at Once. And boy, does it ever. 
So thank you all so much for listening. I love you. And as we always say, so long.